After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that just watched all of its friends die. I'm Alex. (laughs) When you walk through the darkness for as long as we have, you contemplate some things about life, death, and you realize that life's just saying hello, podcasting alongside people for a while, and that's it. I'm Justin. So grim. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 7, Episode 20, Chapter 137, Goodbye Riverdale, the series finale oh of God. Riverdale, the last episode ever until the inevitable reunion movie in 20 years. We'll be back for that. Of course. Oh, we'll be let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, let's see. But... Woof. We'll be what? we'll be dead in the back of a car pulling into pops. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Uh, but not only that, if you've only watched it on TV, there's actually two versions of it. There is the regular TV length version, which is 42 minutes long, and the version we're going to be talking about, which is almost wait, I wrote down the exact time. 50. It is about 50. Yeah, yeah, it's 50 minutes long. So there's an extra about eight minutes of footage going on there. We'll talk through what's different, but, but just so you know, uh, there might be some surprises in there that we're going to talk down. Now, the absolute briefest bit of recap here, because we're going to, I'm sure, get into a lot of this as we talk through the episode. But the basic thing you need to know going into this episode, in case you've tuned out from season one or whatever, is everybody's back in the 1950s. For a long while, they didn't have their memories. Last episode, they got their memories back, so they have their memory of being teenagers in the 1950s, as well as their time through Riverdale. We were told that Betty and Jughead were the only people that remembered absolutely everything, the good and the bad, while everybody else just remembered the good. Doesn't. Not quite applicable to the way that it plays out in this episode. <laughs> nope. But, but, but that's okay. Uh, because uh, here we are picking up 67 years later after that episode. Now, classic time job. Before classic we get into anything, job. we got to talk wait, about wait, this. We got to. We got to talk a little bit about, like, how were you guys feeling before you watched the last episode? Because I was freaking out. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is it. Like, the last episode ever. A lot of, uh, you know, like, nervous anxiety and, like, oh, my God, how's it going to end? Am I going to hate it? Am I going to love it? Am I going to put my fist through the screen? Like, what's going to happen? I and what about you? Well, Justin, what and? were you? No, 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 we're talking about feelings before. Before exactly, we thank you. Pete, could you just hold up your palms so I can see uh, your knuckles? <laughs> how many TVs you punched through? Oh, all of them. Uh, I mean, it's interesting coming off the last episode, which sort of went through the looking glass when you have your characters watch the show they're on. Mm-hmm. It sort of leaves you with like, what's next here? 
Right. And so I was like, this could be, and we sort of knew that it was going to be uh, a look back, a time jump, and then a look back. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then literally as soon as it started, I was like, what other show before it's over could make you nostalgic about it in the show? <laughs> like this whole episode was like, hey, wasn't this fun? Hey. Isn't it sad it's ending? And the way they package that nostalgia about the show for a nostalgia about how our lives work, I thought was really genius. And and it made the fact that the ships were less of a thing here fine. It made it perfectly palatable. And, and I, I loved I loved oh, this whole well, thing. Well, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do want to – Do you not care about my feelings? I do. I just wanted to just quickly say that I agree with what you're saying and also like interesting choice, right, to have Betty be the kind of person who gets to kind of walk around and be like, oh, my God. Yeah, sorry. And just to be clear, that's your feelings before you were watching the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was – yeah, he kind of – yeah, sorry. You set this up, man. I'm I just following your rules. I know. I just wanted Follow to comment on it. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I know. Uh, we're obviously going to jump all over the place because we're hepped up right now with – We're crying. We're, we're crying. crying. Well, that's the thing is that I said this repeatedly, particularly over the past season, that the only thing that I really wanted going into this episode was to feel something for these characters, mm-hmm. for these actors. Because you're dead inside. I yeah. am mostly <laughs> dead inside. And all I want is to feel like crack a little bit of a smile or a tiny yeah. little bit of a frown. You know, what does that feel like? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. But seriously, I wanted to feel something for these characters. I know there's no way... I legitimately cannot think of any finale in the history of television that was 100% satisfying to absolutely everybody across the board. There was no world where that was going to happen, and particularly on something that is ostensibly a teen show, which I know what you're saying, Justin, but there's a lot of people out there who are very focused on the ships, and that's the only thing they care about. So I'm sure they're pissed right now. Like, And I I get that, (laughs) and I understand that, but for me... That's not what I was following. There are ships that I cared about. There are literally relationships I cared about. But well, really- let's just hold up a sec here. Yeah. This is like, you're like, I don't really care about that stuff because you got your Shoney. You're just, your <laughs> ship is the one that yeah. went through, dog. Well, so like, I'm saying I'm yeah. following the plot of the plot of Shoney. No, I, I, I think, sure, maybe I'd be feeling different if different things like, I think you would be feeling very different. <laughs> wow look you alex just blindly walking through like i'm impartial but i like here's everything. the other thing that i throw out there i mean while i'm jumping around all over the place but like i do think we got resolution in the ships in the middle there if you really look at it like i don't think it was blatant like and then here's the wedding at the end of the series or anything like that but like we talked about the last episode Regardless of what happened this episode, in my mind, Jabatha is Endgame. Like, that's the information that they gave us. Like, there's other information that we learned here. There are other things that happen. But in my mind, that's where we ended up. In terms of that, it just wasn't blatantly like, and then they got married and then, hey, baby's the end, like it happened with some other characters. The main thing that I'd say, though, just to jump into the episode in terms of feeling things, just kind of wrap this up with a bow, is I was pretty much sobbing nonstop for like 50 solid minutes. So mission accomplished, Riverdale. Were Were you guys like at all like in just kind of like, Having a moment before the episode started where you were like, I can't believe this is it. What What is your I mean, agenda here? You're very think, focused on not talking about the episode properly. I'm not. I no, th- I'm just. I, w- this I would is say the, that we, P was this feeling emotional. This is years emotional. of our lives. Yeah, that's like, true. The episode is over and there's this feeling of like, 
oh shit, like it's what have I it. done? Yeah, like <laughs> what have I done with my life? That, that's what yeah, I felt oh, yeah. afterwards. So I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, I guess I just get a hobby now. I'm not sure, but I, I just for me, I felt like the you know like the build up to this and the kind of moment before the episode started. I've never had this kind of like so much mm-hmm. like holy shit. You know what I mean? Like this is it. Well, yeah, I think so. Like, it definitely felt that way. And it's funny, um, we've been reposting the podcast leading up to the uh, to the finale uh, on the, the Riverdale After Dark Twitter feed. And I listened to the our first ever, our preview episode oh, wow. uh, before this. And it's actually really funny. We're so like, yeah, we're just going to talk about this show. And to think of the, how caught up in it we've gotten over the last, we're over, just like, oh. I mean, there's bits. been 137 episodes of the show. By this point, I, I don't have the exact count, but I think we've done 168 episodes of this podcast. So that's a lot. That's a, that's a big chunk of time that we spend thinking and talking about the show, arguing about the show. So yes, I, I'm making fun, but I 100% get what you're saying, Pete. I also think like I was preparing myself for what are they going to focus on? How are they going to play this out? Because I knew they were going to do old Betty. I was preparing myself for the fact that, okay, we're going to see Betty die probably because she's old. And this is probably some sort of angel jughead thing where he's doing a this is your life type thing. And so I was kind of on the money there in terms of that, but I did not expect we would get the six feet under finale. Did you guys watch six feet under? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So six feet under just real quick. It didn't do exactly this. And this isn't exactly a ripoff or anything, but that was about a funeral parlor at the last episode. I think it's the last 10 or 15 minutes. You go through this montage of everybody's lives and watch the characters that you spent several seasons with die. And it's traumatizing. Like it's yeah. very traumatizing to watch. This was kind of like that over the course of an entire episode, maybe a little gentler than that because you don't see all of the death. Very scenes. positive. Very yeah, positive. positive. Uh, but the same sort of thing. Except was, for was, two was, particular characters. We'll get to that. Oh, that's my God. That's part of the bonus. If you watch the longer version. <laughs> oh, I was going to say. Glad we stuck around for the bonus. Put that in. What oh the my God. fuck was uh, that? We'll, we'll get to that in a second as we probably walk through the entire episode. But, but yeah, I was emotionally prepared to watch Betty die. I was not... As soon as I think it was as soon as we hit fangs, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) oh, no, we're going to get everybody here. Find out how every single character lived their entire lives. But of course, leave it up to Riverdale to be like, oh, you don't think we're going to go hard and do all of this? Well, we are. We're doing everyone. The only person who escaped is Dilton, who we don't (laughs) know how his life went. Even Julian gets a nice little like, yep. Just vanished, basically. <laughs> Nobody cared. <laughs> That's also in the bonus scene. Just, just to mention that really quickly, since we're touching that that up front, um, should I just run through the bonus stuff just so people know when we get to it, or should we talk about if it? If we can not uh, then uh, fly off the rails there and go into a huge thing, if we can I don't just... Know, yeah, I, let's just put it in. Can we highlight what's bonus as we're doing yeah, it? Yeah, as bonus, or I'll talk about it at the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, but, that's good. But yeah, now can we get into the episode? Can we talk about it, Pete? Is that all right? Preamble. Pete, did Um, you actually watch it or are you saving it because you couldn't (laughs) press, you couldn't sit down and. I had a hard time uh, getting ready to watch it, but yeah, I watched it. Well, then let's talk about overall impressions of the episode. I mean, I think I've already said that I was crying pretty much on and off for about 50 minutes. And a lot of that, frankly, was obviously based on saying goodbye to these characters, but also. 
I don't know about you guys, but I felt real actual emotion coming from the cast during this. There were several times I'll I'll call out when, when Veronica says goodbye to Betty and says, we're all going to be in touch and her voice cracks. I was like, Oh, that's, that's Camilla Mendes saying goodbye to Lily Reinhardt or like, the hilarious, ridiculous poetry roast that Archie is doing. There's a yeah, couple of I'm seven. glad you said roast because he was like, I got a poem. And then he starts no. roasting people. That was the Comedy like, Central the roast of Riverdale, 100%. Yeah. Wasn't it oh crazy that Archie moved out west, um, became a construction worker, and the roast master general? Yeah. It's a crazy <laughs> Very five goes west yeah. of him, yeah. But even during that, there were se- several shots where they cut to the cast and you could see them crying. And that really felt like... They were crying, and throughout the yeah. episode, it they've spent seven years of their life more actually on this show nonstop. I, again, that was the thing that got me about this episode almost more than anything. Is like, I'm sure we could get into quibbles and the plots and what they did with the ships and everything else, but I felt the emotion there. That's what I wanted to feel, and I came away satisfied at the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't cry as much, but it, it hits you right out of the gate, just the the emotionality and the nostalgia of it. And the way they do it, it's such a celebration, but it actually it made me feel nostalgic about my life. Like it touches mm. through the screen to to create those feelings, I think, in us, the viewer. And and that's amazing to to go that hard at something and really reframes the whole show as like this celebration of how weird our lives are how close we are with people and then far away from them and how like ephemeral it all is it it made the show there's something that like we often joke about how wild and crazy it is but it, it's sort of pointing to like everybody's life has crazy stuff we might not keep our bro- twin brother's corpse in our um, basement but we do weird stuff uh that's for sure so like that that was my sort of big takeaway from it and the other thing i would say is i love how they got real with stuff Mm -hmm. like like and we'll talk about this i'm sure with the ships in a little bit but like the way all this ended was like yeah you don't really end up with your high school partner mostly Mm -hmm. so like to say when you're a junior like this is end game it's like well maybe for one more year it's end of high school game but so i really appreciate that and it didn't bother me that we didn't get our our big ones i mean a little bit maybe but not like enough to make me like mad or punch something um (laughs) The other thing I would say, the way they made it, re- made the quad thing real. No, they, we can't. Wait, just, I'm just going to say it. We'll, we'll talk about it later. I'm just going to say it because it's can't. part of my. No, you can't part, just. It's part of my kept it real point, And then we can talk about more of it in a little bit. It, but sorry, the, the polycule is part of your kept it real point? Is that what's happening? Well, uh, just let me finish speaking, both of you, for the last <laughs> time. Uh, because the core message, the core like dynamic of Archie Comics is that Archie's dating Betty and Veronica almost always and never choosing. And they made that part of the show. They took that weird thing that is like a a part of the format of comic books and any sort of repeatable episodic content. And they said, no, they are actually all dating at the same time. And I, that, that to me is taking something sort of like foolish out of a comic and saying like, no, that can happen in real life. And it makes sense that it does for these characters. Angel Alex, how, how did Pete die? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> Justin was chatting about the polycule in the final episode in the middle of the podcast. And he just keeled over. Yeah. He just went, went horribly, <laughs> just <laughs> vomited all over himself, fell over. His head. Like, let me just, let me like just quickly. Betty, like let me Betty, just, it's, 
It's where he felt most at home, listening to Justin make him mad. So he died there. <laughs> yeah, let me just quickly bring up the most controversial moment of the show, and, and then we'll get back. And then we'll move on. Well, we're going to I just want to quickly bring it up. <laughs> The craziest my, fucking thing that in the 1950s that everybody's doing. You know, just the quad. Just the quad move. Well, that's uh, the thing. Uh, a lot of, a lot of my family, everybody. a lot of my grandparents were in quads. When oh, they were wow. Yeah, yeah, super popular. That's, if you read 50s. between the lines of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that's what those Huge grandparents quad. were doing. Huge yeah. quad. Why were they all in bed together? Now you know. The, yeah. I mean... You know, the show has been insane from the jump. So, you know, they were like, why not just, you know, take it up a notch? That's what I want to point to, actually, now that we're just jumping in and talking about Well, no, because you guys got to talk a little bit about how you felt overall. So that's what I'm doing. I'm saying that this was a crazy emotional roller coaster of insanity, uh, ideas that are, you know. And then when you thought it was over, they just were like, oh, yeah, check and I was just like, you got to be effing kidding me. I, there, there was parts out loud where I uh, laughed. I cried. I was like, go fuck yourself. It was uh, it was a real it was a real Riverdale episode. You know what I mean? <laughs> the idea of you swearing at your TV is very funny to me. The oh, just happens. to add on to these general impressions, one big thing that I was thinking about uh, this episode and the season in general that I think has been hard for some viewers to take. And I do understand it is that it turned from plot to character. Like we started off the show, obviously there's characters, there's Archie, there's Betty, et cetera, et cetera. But it was very focused on the murder of Jason Blossom. And what this season very much has been about is, yeah, we had this milkman murder in the background and we had the memory things uh, and the fact that they're stuck in the 1950s. But what it really dug in on over the course of the season is the character, like the idea of character itself and what it means and what these characters mean. And ultimately, the resolution here is an emotional one because it's bringing them to a place where they're fully realized human beings that are maybe not happy and joyous at all the time and young and beautiful and always that great pops in the sky, but they reach a place of contentment and that's where we left them, which is a very different place than where we picked up with them and a very different show than where we picked up with them. But we're also seven seasons down the road, you know, and just to mention without getting too much into the polycule thing, I do think one of the things that I appreciated about that is one last bit of Riverdale insanity in the final episode. But I also think, to take it one step further, is I do think it actually gets to the core of where the show started, where the show started as a provocation, right? Let's take these pure, earnest Archie Comics characters, twist them in a way where they're having sex and there's murder and there's things that should not happen in Archie Comics at all. So to have the last episode ended in a way where it's not like, we're going to finally solve this Archie, Betty, Veronica triangle or the bughead thing, or what's going on with Jeronica or anything like that, but be like, nope, they're all good with each other. That's almost a provocation on Riverdale and your expectations on Riverdale. It's twisting them. It's a provocation of Pete. It's it's a provocation of Pete. That was actually the original title of the show was The Provocation of Pete. Yeah, take it easy with that. Take it easy with that. Yeah. Hey, I laughed. I cried. Go fuck yourself. That's right. I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it definitely took the show what it was built on and said, actually, we're going to take sort of a longer view on all of this and, and tell you something bigger about 
what it's like to grow up in an American small town in in, in any era, I think. And well, that's partially, really cool. Partially that, but I also think what that ending did, jumping all the way to there, is it split it in two directions, focusing on we got the realistic ending with old Betty dying and finding out how everybody died, find out how they lived their lives. And some of them were very successful. Some of them were okay. Some of them were not successful, but they were all like, fine. You know, they were pretty good. And then you have that scene in the pop Steiner at the end, which implies to us through angel jughead speech at the end there, these characters are always there for you. You could revisit the show. You can go to Archie comics. They are forever, even if human beings are not. And I think even though I expected us to go back to the idea of Riverdale as a town, as Americana, something that we spent a lot of time on over the course of the first couple of seasons, I thought that was a really interesting message, splitting it both ways, focusing on the comics, focusing on their iconic nature as American characters, but also giving us resolution for these characters in the show at the same time. Yeah. And making I mean, pop flip burgers for all of eternity. Yeah, all of eternity was. I, mean, I, I assume he's happy doing that. That's a big assumption. That's I would a say. big assumption. Yeah. On your they, part. they went no, to that's the a big assumption after. on Jughead's part. Jughead's yeah, exactly. Was, that's what I'm saying. Nobody's asking pops. They went to heaven. Conversation with pops, or pops was like, you know what I love doing? No, I think it is. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. They went sorry, to heaven. To, I'm trying to say one thing. They went to heaven, and pop went to hell. See you later. That's <laughs> yeah, uh, I sequel series is Pops in Hell. <laughs> yeah, just flipping burgers until uh, for kids who don't care. <laughs> I mean, it was a little weird how uh, Jughead was like, "Hey, uh, you can always rewatch the show." Also, there's Archie Comics and other things. Just I'm just going to plug. I'm just going to plug our stuff here at the end, just so you can you can go back. Well, that's want. what they said when Roberto Aguirre voice came in. It was like, hey, real quick, before you go, anything you want to plug? And Jughead was like, thanks so yeah. much. A couple of quick yeah, things. Thank, yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Pretty Little Liars Summer School coming to Max later on. <laughs> if I mean, I'm going back to Zach and Cody. That's me. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, that's smart. That's what he yeah. wants. That's what we want for him. Uh, do you think if you're driving through heaven and you see Pops, you're like, oh, he'd pull in for a little bit. Hang out. Yeah, that was game. a weird like ad for like, hey, check out diners. They're fun. No, that There's was a weird ad for there. here's what you should do when you die. <laughs> go, yeah. to, go to a diner. Oh, that's where it comes from. There you go. Yeah, All right, why is. don't we jump into the episode because there's obviously lots of plot points to talk about, some that we've touched on already. But we start off with old Black Betty, Lamb Madame. She is 67 years have gotten by. She is resting in her granddaughter's house. Her granddaughter is named Alice. Of Cooper. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Alice yeah, Cooper. Go. Uh, and yeah. Jughead has just died. We're not explicitly told that at first, but it's pretty clear when you uh, see what's going obit. on. It's an obit. Uh, and she wants to go back to Riverdale. Now, Pete, at this point, they say, okay, we'll do that in the morning if you're feeling okay. It cuts to what I thought was a shout out to the floating babies. What did you think about that? Because we get that little <laughs> baby light that lights up like it did over the fire. You finally got to see it after all these episodes. You've got to feel good about that. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I'm glad that I was a little upset that it didn't come out in the poetry roast. Uh, but <laughs> I, I got I was just happy Archie for roast the floating babies. It cuts to yeah. them, but there's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got to see the floating babies born again, Dagwood and Juni- Juniper. Mm-hmm. And Jughead is there, but it is classic Jughead from first couple of seasons down to the hair and everything. Now, he's this is, a weirdo. 
He's a uh, weirdo. This is something that's not specified in the show, but I wanted to throw out to you guys. This is clearly Angel Jughead. Like, that's the character. We can call it that. Is this the Angel Gabriel? Like, is it Jughead who's dead? Or is it Tabitha slash Gabriel slash this angel thing that they've been playing all along? What was your take on it? I don't, I kept trying to because, like, Angel Jughead was making, like, interesting choices as far as being, like, detached and not as emotional, which was sometimes a little weird in scenes where he was just kind of, like, looking like, yeah, this is deep. And I was just like, what's his deal? Is he Jughead or is he something else? So at some times uh, during the episode, I was kind of like, give me something, Angel Jughead. Don't just kind of, like, blankly just sit there. You know what I mean? Well, I think he's the narrator. He's the one that's been narrating everything, right, yeah. for all the whole series. And so this whole thing was written by an angel. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, that's what oh, I'm talking. Just about. like all of our lives. Yeah. How do you talk to an angel? <laughs> do you well, what do you think, group? Justin? Who do, who do you think this was? I think this is, uh, yes, yeah, sort of a pulled. It's not a Jughead, not a human Jughead. It's like, you know, we've seen multiples of Jughead. We have the Jughead who is typing out uh, the stories in the in the sex bunker. So, like, I think there's a million Jugheads. And this one is sort of a, a dead, a deceased soul who is narrating the, the light. Like, this is the Jughead who's sitting in the diner at the end when Betty walks in, telling and typing the story of Riverdale. Oh, okay. Uh, so you think that, well, here's where I think the separation is. The separation is because we have the 1950s Jughead sitting in Pop's diner at the end. So to me, that's Jughead. That's the one who lived through the seasons, went back to be a teen, and then eventually died at 84, I guess, uh, as a comic book publisher. Um, so that's who I thought that is versus this is Magazine like, publisher. yeah, the all-seeing narrator. This is... Maybe the same angel that Tabitha was, that Gabriel was, maybe something else. But like you're saying, I do like the idea that whether Jughead, our Jughead, was typing this or not, he's the one that's been telling the story all along. Because yeah. we do get that typewriter noise at the end and oh, the yeah, finishing do. up of it. Going back to the classic logo, which I was hoping Love that. for. And we got. Yeah. That was great. Jumping back into the episode, Angel Jughead tells her that she can choose a day, any day. And she decides to choose the day that she had mumps. Missed getting the yearbook. Um, and what, a, goes, what a come up for mumps mm -hmm. this episode. Just so yeah. much mumps talk. A they didn't see the mumps coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really thought it was interesting. It, it's a choice. Uh, and it took me out initially, but to eventually work for me for Lily Reinhardt to be playing 86-year-old Betty or whatever it is. Um, where she's talking like, oh, I'm an old lady. Like, she's not doing the old lady voice, but clearly the rhythm of her talk is old lady bitty. But I think over the course of the episode, as she starts to remember things, as she starts to remember her life, she gets a little younger there. So ultimately, I like the performance. It just took me out a little bit at the beginning. Well, I liked it because it made it was us. It's us watching the show and it's her watching her life. And I think that that sort of bright excitement and sort of emotionality, like I was saying before, like because she's the old version, she gets to feel excited to see these people for the last time and like and sad and nostalgic about it at the same time. And I thought that was a cool even though it wasn't. Well her in the time, I like that choice. I mean, take it easy with the us stuff. I I wouldn't have been like, oh, my window. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this fucking window. Here we go. You know what I mean? So, like, easy with the us stuff. What happened to oh. your window? Pete hates his stuff. Yeah. 
you don't want to say goodbye to all your Who is stuff? your Archie? Who is your Archie, Pete, across the way that you were looked at thousands of times? A poster of Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pulverine uh, oh, Endgame. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, she does look through and she sees Archie through the window. And then I think I think this is the only scene not from Betty's perspective, which was a choice again, where we get Archie talking to his mom about joining Vic's crew. I mentioned a Vic from a couple of seasons back. Yeah. He was the construction foreman, I believe. Uh, and he's doing Eisenhower's new work project. Mary thinks he's going to go to the Pacific and fall in love like his father. Um but uh, what did you think about the scene? And what did you think about where we end up with Archie, kind of? Well, I really liked that we, first off, confident poet. I don't mm-hmm. know if it pays off in his work, as we find out later, uh, from a rhyming perspective. But I liked that they, this sort of set us up with, like, oh, here's how the story's going to be told. We're going to go through each character and find out what happened to them, which I thought was great. But I think the biggest thing I noticed here is after this scene and maybe for all of time, Betty's actually the Archie. We've been sort of following Archie <laughs> oh, for okay. all of these seasons. And in this season, the shift, the sort of our eyes have shifted to Betty. And this finale proves that, that Betty's actually the main character here. So you're saying Betty Endgame for the show? I'm saying I think the takeaway, you know, Barchi, Bughead, all of that, Endgame? No. Life is Endgame. Well, and yeah, technically, death is endgame, really, when you think yeah, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably a little more so than life, I would say, but I, I get what you're getting at. Um, I, I like the ending here. I liked how they eased us into the we're going to find out everybody's fate thing with Mary Andrews, particularly because we get to see Brooke again. That was yeah. great. Did uh, not see that coming. Yeah, and we find out that they were together until the very end. So we know this, this is a very easy indicator before we get into the really hard stuff very quickly soon after that to find out, oh, okay, we're going to get to see where these characters end up. Yeah. Uh, the other, One other thing I would say is um, I like that they did the, – they, we moved to senior year, sort of the end of senior year, on just a little time dash, which helps us not worry about the stuff that was happening in the last episode as much and allowed for other stuff to happen that we hadn't heard yet, which made for a lot of great reveals, I think, over the course of this yeah. episode. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, when, you know, we see uh, her kind of, like, realize that she's going to get this day and kind of – the first time she sees Polly and her mom, like that was just really very sweet and touching. Like I was like, oh, this is great. We're going to gotta get these moments with all these characters, like you guys are saying. And it was nice that it wasn't, it was like Betty looking back in her life. So all the BS or whatever that was happening at the time is gone. And it's this just moment of pure joy of like, I get another hug. I get to say, I love you. I get to, you know what I mean? So it was like such a cool choice for us to all kind of like say goodbye through Betty in this way. That was just kind of like, we're seeing it for the first time. She's revisiting it. So it kind of feels like a first time. And it's just, uh, I thought it was such a smart way to kind of like, go through everybody and kind of go through this whole thing of like saying goodbye, getting their kind of like what happened to them, all that kind of stuff. So I was just like from the get, I was like, oh, this is going to be emotional. This is going to get me and like, oh, I'm so glad that this is how this is going down. Yeah. Except for the part where, you know, we got it. We're hanging. We watch her die in the car. And then there's kind of moment where that 
they're looking at each other like, what do we do now? I was like, we could have cut that a little early, but like other than you, that. Wanted, like, you wanted just one seat of the like old Betty's body rolling out of the car and then skidding away from Pops. Oh, wow. You think that they just kicked That's her off the door? Like, Finally. She oh, wanted to die here, I guess. Let's leave her <laughs> there. I don't know what's going to happen In the next. parking lot. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Or they could have like weekended Bernie's to her a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just yeah. got her in the door. Because <laughs> you know, a lot of people be like, she Did died in the car. I mean, yeah. it's like they should have rolled the windows down at least. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, her head would have been hanging out the window. I mean, like a happy dog. Uh, the I really liked. Um, like I, I think we all predicted. We had two predictions that Alice was going to jump on the back of FP's motorcycle or land a passenger plane, marry um, a random guy and die in Europe, I guess. I think those are our two predictions. <laughs> that that and story one of about them her landing true. the plane was pretty badass, though. That was that, pretty cool. What, here's what I liked about that. Like, I understand what you're joking about here, Justin, but what I liked about that is I could picture that as a Riverdale episode. Like, 100% yes. Alice is like, I'm the stewardess now. And she's on a plane. The pilot dies. She has to take over the plane. Guy asked her to marry him. Like, sure, this is this is season eight is what we're watching right here. Yeah. And I, I like that aspect of it. Also, in terms of real emotion, uh, two things that I'll mention. Uh, when I talked to Major Hammock for my day job, she specifically called out the scene and said how special it was to spend one of, if not her last day on set, with Tira Scobie, who plays wow. Polly and Lily Reinhardt, just like yeah. she's like having my girls back together with me. Very sweet. And that line afterwards absolutely crushed me where Betty and Jughead are sitting on the steps and she says she offered to send you postcards from every place you went. And then she says, until the day the postcards stopped coming. I was like, oh, yeah, tears, tears. Very yeah. sad. But uh, beautiful. But good. I, I really love when she said, I love you, mom. I was like, ah, oh, that's yeah. really, really nice. That got me. Yeah, uh, but um, very. But I was, yeah, I was definitely crying by that point. And then when they like B and V took arms and kind of like we're like we're gonna walk in the school. It's like oh my god. <laughs> uh, what do you think about Polly's ending? Before we skip ahead to that, she has Juniper and Dagwood again, and uh, she yeah, never she really gave birth. Consistent, to those kids. yeah, never dances, but has a good life. We feel good about uh, that. I think <laughs> it's pretty nice. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, why not? I take that life. Yes. Uh, so Betty does go to school. They do the arm and arm thing, like you mentioned. We find out that Archie won a best poem award. Uh, good for mm-hmm. him. Very happy. Would love to hear that poem. Yeah, that uh, that was a thing that happened in school. I remember that. Here's the thing. At this point, my Barchi uh, level was very high. When mm. she's looking at that trophy, I was like, Barchi's strong. I, and, uh, uh, that was the last I, I'll that. have something to say about that later on. Uh, oh, great. What a tease. Yeah, a little bit of a tease. Um <laughs> I, one thing I do want to say about the poetry, and you mentioned this before, Justin, but I think the way that K.J. Apple was playing Archie in this episode is he is more confident. He's a more fully realized Archie who doesn't have the anger and frustration of the first couple of seasons, Archie, but he has the life experience and earnestness of this. So I kind of believed that we haven't seen any good poems from him, but maybe he actually developed as a poet at this point. And what yeah. we were getting here was just a goofy roast later on in the episode. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I buy that too. We're, we're like seconds away from a moment that I really loved when they walked into the school and Tony does the announcement and then does this, you know, the Langston uh, Hughes poem, which was just such a, I thought that was such a wow moment such a great kind of thing to do and i I thought it was beautifully done 
Yeah, I agree. That was a beautiful, beautifully read poem. I love the fact that Tony is class president now. That seemed pretty great. I love the quick shot of Weatherby behind her. Yeah. The, the whole thing being like, you know, bend towards justice and bring the people of color in the show to a further point and more of a uh, front point, um, I thought was really good. I'm sure people will have issues and concerns about that. And we're not necessarily the people to talk about that, to be honest. Um, so if people do let us know, we're happy to talk about it. Uh, but I, I really like this a lot. There's also a scene that I think is part of the extended version that was not in the broadcast version. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but right after that, we get a scene of Betty and Angel Jughead in the blue and gold. And they talk about how Tony always made sure that the blue and gold was a dialogue with whatever was happening in the nation. They really actually wrote about issues, which brings a closure from where they were at the beginning of the season with Emma Till's murder. Um, so I like that quite a bit. Uh, and then she almost finds out what's going to happen with Tony, but she doesn't want to know yet. Um, then we yeah. get, uh, what did you guys think about Cheryl in this episode? Oh my God. Was, Cheryl just seeing her and going, ew, barf. Like just, she doesn't uh, like mumps. Yeah. She I mean, like who mumps. does? It was a, a, just a classic, great Cheryl, you know, just like immediate mood change. Like just, uh, was, I thought it was great. Uh, Cheryl was the one character I wanted a little more of in this episode, to be honest. Like, obviously, yeah. I love Cheryl. I'm in the tank for Cheryl. But I feel like you're a Shoney team. Yeah, I'm Shoney team. But I feel like this scene and there's another scene that I don't think made the broadcast version where Betty and Cheryl in the bathroom together, where it felt like season one Cheryl to me. And then the one other time that we really got to see her at the art show, that to me felt like season seven Cheryl, this more fully realized Cheryl. And I wasn't able to gel the two together necessarily. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same. Well, yeah, I think I think Cheryl has had a lot of real estate in the show. But I think at the end of the day, you know, th it, this show is a, was about the core four for most of it. And I think Cheryl is just a great character and a great performance and by Madeline Patch. So it's like, I think they were just like, okay, we've, we've gotten Cheryl and they, Cheryl and Tony have been sort of settled relationship for episodes for this whole season, basically. So I think, I think they were already in a good place and it made sense that they, they just had like a little coda as opposed to like getting back into it. Well, I disagree. Yeah. It should have been in the entire episode. Take it away, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Alex. Cheryl and Tony are an amazing power couple. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, we can't have them dominate the whole thing, but I did like every time you kind of got them, it was just such a nice change and such an, a cool, uh, a fun moment. Um, and yeah, I was really happy. I wanted more Tony stuff, but I'm really like the Tony uh, stuff that they got into with the blue and gold and what she uh, uh, meant f to the school and for the community was really, really awesome. And we should mention in the extended version as well, the we finally got our hashtag sweet little motorcycle ride between Cheryl and Tony. There was a rain kiss. There was a snow kiss. We got to watch their entire wedding. I couldn't believe they cut out that entire uh, three hour long sequence. Uh, Alex, sorry to interrupt you, but I think yeah, you just up? like um, hit you your head and dream. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, I did. It was not. I did pass out for like when I started watching the episode it was morning time and by the time I was done it was several days later oh yeah. wow I got I got news for you we're in the suite hereafter and like <laughs> pop we're flipping <laughs> podcast burgers for the rest of eternity <laughs> well anyway that's what fanfic is for let's make it oh, happen folks man. Uh, so then we got our first big gut punch I know we mentioned it before a little bit but <sighs> 
we get to Fags, we find out he made not a hit single, it made it to number eight, uh, but it was called Pete. pretty good, guys. Pete a little harsh on Fangs. I don't know. Pete wrote that Planet of the Bass song, right? And that's doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hashtag nice. internet. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, uh, we've officially dated this episode. That's in the extended version of our podcast. Good, he, we so he writes that. this pixie girl song clearly about Midge, which is very cute. They got married. Uh, and Betty immediately, this is one of the first things she outright remembers about what's going on as her memories are coming back to her, is that Fags died four weeks later when his tour bus, the tires blew, and the bus crashed, and he was the first one to pass away. That was brutal because it was. she was like, oh, I'm so happy for Fags. And then Jug, Angel Jughead was like, actually, uh, the tour bus took a horrible turn, and they all died miserably on fire. And you're just like, well, Jesus. It was harsh. Also, they were so specific. It was <laughs> Yeah. And like after a while, it's like, nope, four weeks from today, this yeah. dude's yeah. blowing up in a van. It's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. And then uh, he got I, attached to the back of the bus and dragged for several yeah, hours. I was like, was I'm surprised it wasn't more detail. Like he was impaled as it went over the and cliff. There was, and, there was a brief while where we thought he was alive, but he wasn't. <laughs> he died. It's it, This is very much like the Richie Valens. Uh, yeah. So I think that yeah. was cool. I almost thought rather than this much more gruesome thing, they should have just put him on the plane with with the real Richie Valens. Mm, that's like what I thought they were going to do. Yeah. When did that happen? Person. I, I was, you know, it doesn't matter. I was about to yeah. say it doesn't light up date wise, but I just realized we're talking about the river. It's river also, he could have lived longer than four weeks. Ten weeks later, give him a little. Yeah. Uh, now, Midge and uh, their daughter were taken care of for the rest of their lives because of the royalties that he got. Uh, that was that was nice. SAG and uh, WGA who were fighting for their rights and their residuals of royalties right now. Nice, good. Stand That's how the you the actors. live a life. Yeah. I like the gold record kind of behind them mm-hmm. where it was like a nice kind of beacon of like a little bit of hope for that family. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the next one, less gruesome, still very sweet and sad. Kevin and Clay invite Betty to lunch. Loved having them see a, a scene of like Kevin and Betty together, which we haven't gotten yeah. in a really long time. Um, yeah. But we find out Kevin goes to NYU for musical theater writing. Clay goes to Columbia for literature. Uh, they told their parents. Their parents know about them and they're supportive and they tell them to stay safe. Uh, and ultimately, Clay becomes a tenured professor at Columbia. Kevin started an off-Broadway theater company. Then we find out Kevin was 82 when he went to sleep and never woke up. And Clay, a couple of weeks later, let's say four weeks later probably, was <laughs> on a bench feeding some pigeons. When the pigeons, I believe, pecked him to death. <laughs> to death. Yeah, because he ran out of pigeon feed before they were yeah. done eating. So, they, you, know, that tore him apart. you guys live like, in New no, York. I you know it's like. Time. I need more yeah, time. But if, New York, if New York pigeons get too hungry, they will eat your eyes. So just watch <laughs> out when you're visiting. <laughs> the crazy reveal to me was they lived in the Apollo Theater. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, you can't just live in the Apollo Theater. They don't rent out apartments in the Apollo. No, you he's, can't they just did be the like, hook. moved to New York do, you think, do you think Archie ever visited them and did like Showtime at the Apollo? Probably. Oh, definitely. Yeah, oh. did a roast we find, let's see if we can find the footage. Yeah, he did his roast at the Apollo. Archie. Oh, my, yeah, he would have gotten... <laughs> The whitest in America. But, it would be kind of funny if they were like, and then because they were living in Harlem, they died during the fight between the Incredible Hulk and the Abomination. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> like, oh my God, this is in the MCU the whole time. That's why. Um, yeah, I was having a great time with uh, Kevin and Clay. 
up, and then when they opened the window on the Apollo Theater, I was like, oh, come on. I mean, <laughs> too much for old Pete over here. Yeah. I mean, I what, appreciate. What I thought for a second before I also saw, I was like, is that the Apollo side? What's going on here? For a second, I thought maybe they're going to live in like Katie Keene's apartment or something. Oh, mm, nice. But, I don't know. It's all right. I mean, I liked the shout out to the Apollo Theater. It's an amazing theater. I mean, I worked there uh, for a couple of years, but like Here you can't live <laughs> in there. Uh, but you tried. Was, you tried. Yeah, they tried. They made it work. Yeah, when you were working there, that's when they found Kevin's body, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When yeah. they found his uh, corpse. And then look, two weeks later, they found uh, Clay's pecked, pigeon pecked <laughs> corpse. <laughs> Um, I love that Kevin, uh, like Clay, Professor, Columbia, probably. Kevin formed an off-Broadway theater company. I, I know you're joking about that. I really like this. Like, I like the well, fact that... Well, it fits, that, and it's real. Yes, exactly. That it's not like, and he dominated Broadway. Like, we get some of that with Veronica later on, where it's, yeah. she got two Oscars, and she dominated Hollywood, and Betty kind of does the same thing. Like, they do these world-transforming things. But the fact that they gave some people, like... Yeah, they lived good lives and good, happy lives, and they did things that were good. They weren't the most important people in the world, but they were important to their lives and to each other. I thought was a really lovely way of ending up a lot of these stories. Well, and uh, let me say say something personal here. Like, when I graduated high school, I spoke at graduation, and I read uh, a song called The Class of 57, and it's wow. a stat, an old Statler Brothers song, and it's about how – it's literally like this episode, a list of what people in high school went on to do in their lives. And it's a mix of like happy and sad things. And my point was like we're going to leave here and live our lives. And I was th- that was just running through my head this whole episode that like that's what this episode is saying. It's like people went and lived their lives and some of them had like amazing lives. A lot of them had like g- good, happy lives. And a couple people sort of had a tough time. Do you think, I mean, this is the class of 57. Like, that's when they're graduating. 100%. Do you think it yeah. was inspired by that at all? Yeah. Yes. You, was this whole show inspired by your speech at the end of your yeah, graduation? You called the TV thing last episode. I, yeah, this? that's right. And I wow. I think uh, Roberto and I graduated from the same high school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. He's just Weird. ripping me off all this time. You were no, valedictorian. I, I, he was salutarian. That's true. Well, I, I know mean, what I, that means. I was, I was valedictorian. <laughs> oh, That's why okay. I spoke. So Great. cool it. Don't, don't besmirch me. Yes. Wow. So we need to get into it because the next thing that happens is the thing that we probably need to talk about is Kevin and Claire like, come on, Betty, be honest about it. We know that all four of you are dating. And so here's what's going on here for anybody who missed it or wasn't sure what was happening is after they got their memories back, they realized rather than making any decisions, Betty and Jughead had some feelings that were sparked from getting their memories back because they remember their time together. They're nostalgic for it. Archie and Veronica remember they were together. Betty and Veronica clearly had a thing in the 1950s. Jughead and Veronica are together. And Betty and Archie clearly had a thing in the 1950s. And they're like, you know what? We all like each other. Let's do this. Let's all date each other. What What do you think about this? I mean, I said my piece on it, so I'll just speak briefly before Pete um, uh, punches something. But um, I, I, like I said, I, I like that they sort of took it, took the classic relationship, added Jughead to it, and, and took it at face value and said, like, no, let's just do this. It helps solve the whole ship problem where everyone gets a little bit 
I got a little bughead. Got a little hot bughead scene, Pete. I'm sure that must have been a confusing rush of positive and negative emotions. <laughs> uh, we get some Barchi. We get some uh, Veronica. Like. I mean, that's the thing, because, you know, you're watching it with this trepidation of, like, is my ship going to make it? You know what I mean? And even though yeah. Zelbin's ship was out endgame, he still yeah. wanted three hours of a wedding, you know, tacked <laughs> onto there. So it's Greedy. like. Tacked on? Sorry. Look how great. Even yeah. now he's being greedy. Even now you're an asshole. My point is that like, uh, so I was blindsided by this because I was just like, holy, I didn't even occur to me as an option. Um, so it was like the it shock. It didn't occur to you it. that they were all going to be just having sex all senior year together? Yeah, so just swapping partners. And then sometimes somebody was busy, so I would just crawl into their room. And yeah, and to be clear, else... it was very satisfying both physically and emotionally, as we find yeah. out. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and Reggie's part, like, come on, Betty, you couldn't have crawled over to me? Like, we're not... that was hysterical. Charles Melton was so funny in that so scene. Funny. So Every funny. single line was laugh out loud. Just His head turned into a wolf, and he was like, ow! <laughs> I like this. Uh, Yeah, it's hard because it's like, okay, I see what you did there. Uh, A little bit of everybody wins. Okay, fine. But it's also like, it doesn't sound like a very 50s thing. But, uh, you know, happy that it's not this thing of like, Barchi is endgame and I got to fucking be miserable the whole time. It was just the shock of it was kind of like, holy... I You know, so it was was kind of a a crazy emotional... uh, choice yeah i'm i'm still not sure exactly how i feel about it i love the audacity of it to go just go for this like yeah it, it, I, I think i said this earlier but it wouldn't be riverdale if they didn't do something absolutely batshit insane in the last episode that makes you go like what this would not happen on any other tv show agree it wouldn't happen on other shows but the show has been telling us that this is what's happening all season long They've been setting up these relationships and then leaving them without any sort of payoff. Like we've talked mm-hmm. about, like, oh, it's weird. We never got any follow up on Barchi, Veronica, like Bug any head. of this. Bughead. Uh, well, it made sense. Why we didn't, it made sense why we didn't get follow up nope. on Bughead because that wasn't no. a part of this. Some some people say it was the the peak of their, you know what I mean? Like the Pete, two what are we going to, after this episode, when are we going to, what are we going to argue about? Just <laughs> uh, you're just we'll going to be friends. You'll be friends, I think, finally. <laughs> friend, friend head? No, I don't think so. The, uh, but I think that the show has been telling us this and they just paid it off in a, the most direct way, literally that shot of them, the three of them waving at Betty. I was like, that's hilarious. So good. (laughs) (laughs) That them all holding hands in the movie theater, the whole like montage of it. Wild. Absolutely. Made me want to drink uh, absinthe uh, right after that. Right in the morning. Uh, Then we uh, find out what happens with Reggie. After that very fun scene, we get a little poignant, sad scene where we find out about his history. So he played for Kansas State. Then he got drafted by the Lakers. Um, Very sad. You're saying during the summers he had you hate to, the Lakers. I hate the Lakers. I'm more of a Knicks fan. There you go. Nice job. Uh, if thanks. you wouldn't have questioned it, it would kind of just been fine. Oh no, it's definitely not fine. But he has to, like most Lakers players, he has to work at his family farm during the summers, and yeah. then he sells the farm. Ends well, up basketball co- didn't pay as much back. Then. <laughs> yeah, back then, bro. <laughs> they paid in baskets, right? Like you take a basket of fruit home yeah. at the end of the day. You take the mm-hmm. basket. That's why they got the name basketball. Larry they give you a peach, little peach basket. Piece, 
One of the biggest, like every time. Yeah, one, one big problem with that is that there's no bottoms on the basket, so they put the fruit in and the fruit falls out. Yeah, that's a huge problem. Uh, Larry Bird, uh, famously, um, during the summer, he would go back to his hometown and help uh, old ladies reach stuff on tall shelves <laughs> oh, for money. Wow. That's cool. That's how he he charged made them? Yeah, he charged them. Well, well he, not, he got it as a service. So he ends up having two sons. They end up working at the Mantle family used car dealership, and he ultimately is buried next to his wife and parents in Duck Creek. Um, um, I mean, I, easiest bet on this show is that Reggie is buried in Duck Creek. Yeah, no, that's yeah. all Do you think that he's buried in the about. creek, like under the no. water or on the side of the creek? It's a Duck Creek tradition to just throw corpses into the creek itself and let them okay. float down to wherever <laughs> they the, go. The implication is he was pecked to death by ducks, right? At Duck Creek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I every, like, if you read through the lines, every character was pecked to death by a different bird. <laughs> I did. And we, like, yeah, we should be naming the birds as we go, by the way. I, <laughs> All right. From now on, from now on. I did yeah, like the back. shout out back to the car, you know, because Reggie did work at that car place for a while. So it was nice that the dealership came back around. Mm-hmm. It's a family business and it makes sense. Like this is what I was talking about last episode, I think, where. Technically, these characters are the parents of the or grandparents of the kids that we would be watching in a present day Riverdale. So it is the generational catch up. And so it makes sense that Reggie's kids. They're their kids, own grandparents is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Great. I'm my own grandma. I mean, it could happen. Grandma. It could, it could happen on Riverdale. Grandma. The next one up is Veronica. We get a quick scene, which I believe this is extra as well, where she calls Peter Roth, who is the former head of WBTV, and says she wants to produce movies. Um, And then we get that line that really broke me. It doesn't matter how far away we are. We will always be in each other's lives. I promise, again, 100% Camilla Mendez telling Lily Reinhart that. That killed me. Really sweet. Can we? Uh, Yeah. The absence thing was kind of insane, right? I'm not just the only one that's what like. What was that about? Was that what like was a, that about? Like, why are you just a morning in the cocktail? Morning? Yeah, was yeah. that a shout out to Casey Cott getting cast on Moulin Rouge on Broadway? Mm, that's what I'm going to have to give it a no, Alex. I don't think that was that. <laughs> I do. I do think it was like a dream type thing because like absinthe. Is supposed to give you hallucinations or dreams sure or something is. like that. So maybe it was like a I don't know. green fairy I think type thing. I don't no, know. Veronica's like, oh, I'm going to launch an absinthe business or something. Like, I like sure. the line, I'm proud of all your businesses. That's a lot of pride. <laughs> yeah. Does Betty have that amount of pride to give out to Veronica? Yeah. We also get uh, some nice shouts out on the Babylonian marquee. It's a science fiction double feature where they're there. Immediately afterwards, when they're looking at the Hollywood Walk of Fame style thing in front with Veronica's handprint, it says the big sleep in the sleep, background. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we find out Veronica won two Oscars, created some of the most iconic movies of our time, and is buried in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Betty sobs. Yeah, she, she was really sad, and especially she was pecked to death by flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful bird. Yeah, much... <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you know that actually flamingos are pink because they eat blood? They're not naturally pink. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Careful. The uh, uh, What did you think about Veronica's head? This is like the first, nothing against the other characters, but this is the first really big one that we get. Like this yeah. is the first of the core four. Veronica uh, technically, I guess, goes first. How did you feel about her ending here? Um, I thought it was uh, nice. It definitely felt like the position Veronica's had as this show's gone on where she's a little bit, she's like the least front and center of the four. And so I think her death was just, her life and death were just sort of like what you'd expect, not a ton of drama. And we don't get a huge amount of emotionality 
as we're talking about it. Uh, yeah, I did. I did really like seeing her kind of like, uh, you know, in the power suit uh, shot was really cool, kind of running things in Hollywood, which I thought was a, a, a nice touch. And then the fact that they're like she won two Oscars. So great. Right. They gave us a like all of her drive and the Babylonian all makes sense. And it kind of steered her in that in that direction. Did you see the movie posters behind her? What it was uh, the Comet, oh, the Comet right. Two, the Comet oh, Three. Like she really made a franchise. Yeah, W. Nice. E. Dubois was constantly like, "Make me the new MCU." I'm yeah, just it. big money for W. E. B. I agree with you. I think you made a good point earlier. In all seriousness, about Shoney, that they kind of ran out of runway for that plot line. Like they got to yeah. a place where the characters were settled. There's more stuff for them to do with the plot, but in terms of the emotional arc. It was kind of done about halfway through the season. And I think it was the same thing with Veronica is they already hit the natural end point for her. Like there was more plot things to do in terms of getting her back to Hollywood. And obviously they wanted her on the show performing and everything. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, they Do you think they could have planned it out better so it was a full season arc? Or are you ha- okay with the fact that they were just kind of cruising for the second half of the season? I'm fine with it because I like the choices they made. I think refocusing the show on Betty specifically was great. She sort of had the most to go through, I thought. And I don't mind that um, uh, Shoney sort of settled work. I mean, we get this great scene that I think was still really nice with them. Yeah. Coming up next. And then we get to Shoney. Shoney are having an art show, Beefcake and Cheesecake. They've yeah, drawn all of Beefcake and Cheesecake. Who wouldn't want to show up to that? And I love this. I loved Cheryl's speech about there's no separation between our art and our love, finding out that that's Tony has collected Black Athena. They started publishing it as a as a collection of critical essays. And I, I thought their ending was really awesome, too. There was I felt like a lot of care put here for a ship that is really, really not just for me. I'm speaking like in terms of the show is a ship that mm. is very important for people in terms of their coming out journey, in terms of how they've identified on screen. And yeah. so to say Cheryl had an incredible career, her art was shown at galleries and museums across the country. Tony and Cheryl stayed together. They settled in Oakland Hills, lived as artists and activists. They had a son together and how they died was peacefully after living full, gorgeous, sexy lives. You know, the, Jughead's look when he said sexy, I was like, all right, dude. Okay, <laughs> Angel Jughead. down a little. Yeah, yeah. Angel Jughead Looking got a little creepy. Heaven doing like a little hobbita, 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 a wooga, a wooga. Uh, yeah, I would have. I, I'm glad that they kind of talked a little bit uh, about Tony. It seemed, uh, you know, a little cut short because um, mm-hmm. that that magazine sounds amazing. And yeah, I hope people all save that because that would be a collector's item for sure. But I wanted to hear a little Bagged bit and more. Boarded. Uh, yeah, you got it. You know, back and board one. Well, again, you know, in the extended another. version, there's a whole day I think where they talk just about Black Athena and its impact on the world. Yeah, you got so the you guys 25 really hour cut of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Brother. Live it would have been cut. a little. You know, you know, I I would have liked a little bit more because that sounded yes. very interesting. Uh, yeah, what I'm saying is, well, that's what I was going to bring up. This is a great little in-joke, I think, is the way to do it. Not only do you get to see Cheryl and Tony had a kid together, uh, but the kid, I believe, is Vanessa Morgan's child, actual real child, uh, who is named River and in real life. And she has been very specific that, no, his name is River. It is not after Riverdale. I just named him River. I don't remember the reason. And then she also didn't want 
River to be her baby back in season six because she didn't want to put that pressure on her baby, throw him into show business too soon. She wanted to have a, a normal life uh, for at least a while until it could be his choice. So it's a very fun in joke to have River playing Dale and then Jughead to very specifically be like named after Riverdale, of course. So yeah, that was great. Very fun. It's very funny to be like, I'm naming my son River, but it's not about the show Riverdale that consumes most of my life. (laughs) That's, I would say, choose a different name. (laughs) Yeah, probably, but that's all right. It's all right. It's what you chose. Uh, Still fun scene. Great seeing Shoddy have a baby together. I agree with you, Pete. Of course I wanted more of it, Uh, but just in terms of the plot, I was pleased with where they ended up uh and then we get this thing that was definitely (laughs) cut out where we find out the fates of a bunch of other characters very quickly we find out cut out nana rose who's still alive to this day so uh so here's in case you missed it and again i don't know exactly what was on the broadcast version but i believe this whole scene was cut we find out that julian died in was a lost soul died in vietnam at age 28 we find out Bummer. that Nada Rose was reincarnated multiple times. Multiple times, and they no. don't say that she's dead. No, exactly. They had to give no They've other been context. They've through <laughs> saying everybody who's dead, and they specifically say nothing, which implies that she's still alive. Principal yeah. Weatherby and Mrs. Thornton got married. We don't find out how they died, but probably from getting married is the yeah. implication there. Very Murders. deadly. <laughs> um, no, they got uh, pecked to death by um, Ravens, Robins, <laughs> and uh, Nana Rose. Looking up a list of birds here. Yeah. And, 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 Nana, Nana no, Rose no. came back as a bird and murdered most of <laughs> yeah, these exactly. people. That's what you don't that. know. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, yes, uh, how about yes. we get we get what the fate of Mrs. T and Dilton Doily is left twisting in the wind. Are you kidding me, people? Dilton, Dilton, is Dilton, Dilton didn't Dilton. even get a hug when she went into the diner at the end. She just kind of put her hand on the shoulder and was like, oh, hey, what's up, Dylan? Yeah. She gave a little nod to bed button over there. Yeah. Who's going to come back as a much younger man anyway? We know that. Uh, we yeah, are yeah, avoiding Eth- Etchemin Mutton. Etchemin Mutton will be back. We are avoiding talking about the most insane thing that happened in the entire episode. More insane. The hero oh, of Riverdale. You guys oh, called oh, it since day one. Hold on. So... <laughs> This is this to me was wilder than the polycule. Like the polycule, I lost I my like, shit. Agreed. I, 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 I had a hard time refocusing after this happened. So last episode, we found out that Frank Andrews, Uncle Frank, and Tom Keller were in an illicit relationship together. They had both been two of the most homophobic characters over the course of this past season in the 1950s, but they were together secretly, as we found out, as Kevin found out. This episode, we see them at the bar together in the dark room at the art show, and they're like, oh, what happened to them? (laughs) I'm sorry. They were stabbed to death by a hustler named Chick. And that's where they leave it. Wild. Absolutely wild. Chick, the, the true hero of Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, heroes, sometimes heroes go bad. <laughs> Don't blame us for saying that. I, we didn't know this say, is where it was going. Uncle you Frank, guys I called know, it. You guys were the I ones. Were like, keep an eye on this chick guy. I know we've been very anti-Uncle Frank this season. This felt unnecessary to me. Like, 100%. obviously, they cut it out of the episode unnecessary, but I was like, that's too much. We don't. We don't need to. Do I couldn't well, believe I, that they threw that line in there. That chick stabbed them both to death. And also the way it's played out, Jughead just kind of tosses it off, and Betty, no reaction, just is like, "Huh, okay, on to the next thing." Yeah, they, they really just let it <laughs> let it ride. I thought maybe but, Betty might be like, "Wait, are you talking about my brother, Chick?" It was very Could much be like another person named Chick. 
Who's yeah? Could Very also be a chicken. That's a great call. Death, that's yes. exactly what I was going to say, Pete. That's the chick that killed them. Chick and <laughs> chick and murderer, the local murderer. Uh, it's. I think the point. I mean, it's very like Poochie returned to his home planet, but also it's like the the perils of hiding your truth. This whole season was about like expressing yourself, and their whole thing was like hiding their truth and using it to spread negativity to everybody else trying to live their lives. And so I think they were punished. This way, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, well, why don't I was—I gotta yeah. say—I was happy that uh, oh. uh, 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 that uh, Uncle Frank uh, ate it like that. That was that made me a little yeah. bit. And I will I, mention just to kind of wrap this up here: a chick is a type of bird. So there you go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, we already made that joke. Are you uh, not you listening I, to us no, while we're talking? I was reading through the. Yeah. You're reading <laughs> yeah, through yeah, different reading. birds. Yes. <laughs> What's the name of that bird? Where the eggs come from? What is that? Oh, chicken. Chick. Got Oops. it. Sorry, guys. All right. We move on to the core four is talking about Veronica leaving. Uh, we get some wild lines here. Given the opportunity to know and love each other across two timelines. And then Jughead it, says. They hit that a couple of times. Like, we get it, guys. Yeah. You run around twice. You if know? We, have we had to live sex with life. each other almost constantly. <laughs> if we have to live through high school twice, which we did. I'm glad it was with you three yahoos. Uh, and then they just uh, we get two scenes that, I, again, I believe are cut out of the broadcast. They say, let's take one last ride of the hot rod. I believe love they it. cut out the ride in the hot rod. Oh, come on. Which is a bummer. Uh, I love that because, again, Barchi and Vughead energy strong here. Feeling mm-hmm. good. I love that scene. I thought that was great. Yeah. And then. Well, I just like seeing the car again. I didn't like where they were sitting in the car, but I liked the uh, the car was nice. Yep. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then. Uh, we have another scene that I believe was cut out that I thought was a phenomenal scene. Maybe it got cut down a little bit, but Betty is scared to go inside of Thornhill. Uh, and again, this felt like real emotion to me because I believe Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse were the two last people filming. So I assume at this point, mostly everybody had left set, but her saying, I know, and you know, this is the last time will all of us be together really Ugh. got me hard. Me and then this line that I thought brought home the entire point of the episode, Angel Jughead saying, that's life, Betty. You say hello. You walk alongside someone for a while. You say goodbye. That's the arc of a life, isn't it? Every minute counts. Well, Beautiful. that's a fucking dark way to sum up your whole life is the peak of it is you walk next to somebody for a little bit. That's that's the peak of existence. What I, do you want to have happen? You walk next to them. Then you like lay down in the grass and kiss a little bit. See what happens. There's a lot of things you can do in life. You can climb a mountain. You can, you know, there's tons of fun things you can do. It's not just. I, I think he's speaking. Who's walking next to me? I mean, what it's the, like the the footprints poem where Jesus is on the beach and then there's you know, one yeah, set yeah. of footprints. Mm-hmm. And in those times, Jesus was like grabbing a beer or whatever. Yeah, he was, he just wasn't there. He just yeah. wasn't there. <laughs> it's like, you know, the peak of existence is having a beer next to Jesus, you know, and then you got to die after that. I, I did really like the part where uh, Betty was like, I don't want to say goodbye. I thought that was a nice kind of we're all on the kind of same page of like, once you go in here, this is we're wrapping up. And, uh, you know, and so I, I'm glad that I was like, yeah, stall a little bit. Let's not end this so quickly, you know? Yeah, let's roast. And then we do get to, yes, Archie Andrews, Roast of Riverdale. Uh, Very fun. This was ridiculous. Uh, this This is the point. I know I mentioned this earlier, but this is the point where I was like, these are the good memories they remembered. 
these, these are the good times they had that they were like, I yes. want to remember this stuff. I, I don't it think was, that really made sense. But. It was funny how Archie That's was fine. like, I'm a big time poet. And everybody was like, Eesh. I think the point here, Alex, is this is this is straight up meta. This is 100%. literally the cast making Watching fun of the, the, show, cra- the craziness wa- and the, and the, the writers making in. fun of themselves. And like, yeah. I, I, I loved all of this. Human yeah. dialysis yeah, machine. Did you, machine. Did you think it was deserving of a standing ovation after it was done, though? You know what I mean? It's a, it's friends hanging out, having a good time. That's all I took from that scene. I mean, I've been preparing my roast of you guys for quite some time, so I hope you like it. I hope you'll give me a standing O when I finish. We'll We'll do that in the next upcoming episode of the podcast. Yeah. uh, I will say Kevin was maybe the worst one where everybody was like, here's a ridiculous thing that happened to you. And Kevin's like, do me, do me. And he's like, well, you went cruising in Fox Woods. And they they cut back to him and he's like, Huh. Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> what? Oh, so that's not how poems work. You don't just kind of mess up. You like you write it, and then it's not like an interaction. So it was weird that Kevin was like, mm, "Great point." Well, maybe that was crowd work. Maybe he was yeah. basically saying, "Like, oh, Kevin, you want to hear what happened to you? Here's this: you cru- you were cruising. Now, maybe next time you won't heckle me." <laughs> uh, but then. We get a big scene that we got to turn to Justin for. Yes. Um, Betty and Archie say goodbye here. And Archie gives a speech. I wrote down pretty much the entire thing. I always thought it would end up you and me. Well, here's the whole speech. I know we'll see each other again. Maybe we'll even end up together. You know, I've always felt it would be you and me at the end of the road. I mean, it started with us, didn't it? A boy and a girl next door to each other. And then uh, Betty tells that. him Ooh. the only one is whole future and says that he makes it to California. He meets a, quote, sweet, strong girl that makes you laugh. He sails in Modesto, has a beautiful family. He's a professional construction worker and an amateur writer. And you are so, so content and happy. And when you die, you have to be buried here in Riverdale next to your father. And then they kiss. Justin, over to you for more. I mean, it, it was released, like I said before, like it. You know, I obviously have been uh, a Barchi guy for uh, the whole, basically the whole time. And so this was sad in that respect. But actually, like I said earlier, I liked the fact that it's like, you know, most people don't marry their high school sweetheart. And the fact that you've seen Archie have this wanderlust all series, especially this season. So I think all of this actually makes a lot of sense. And um, I appreciate it. And I think the real end game here is Archie being buried next to Fred. Also, yeah, I Fred mean that game. was a beautiful. Uh, Frenchy is Fred game. <laughs> <laughs> that the when he you know that got me in the feels when he said you know next to your father that was like any time that they mentioned his father was really touching. But you, you gotta you gotta ask somebody before you lay out their whole entire life. You know what I mean? Like you can't just run up to somebody and be like, "This is what's gonna happen. This is where you're gonna die. And this is where you're gonna go." You you well, fucked uh, up I, their whole. This is, no, but this is this is literal dream logic. Like Angel Jughead says when they arrive at Riverdale High, she's like, is this a dream? Is this real? And he's like, eh, something in between. And that's kind of what it is. Like, she's not ch- changing his timeline. It's not the Archie, the quote, real Archie is like, <laughs> now I know exactly to move to Modesto. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. he's sitting in Modesto going, where's the person who's going to make me laugh? Where's this strong girl? Yeah. I love it, Pete, that you're reading the situation where it's Archie being like, what did you say? 
It's a time paradox, Betty. How dare you? Looper. Yeah, haven't you seen Looper, Betty? What the fuck are you doing? Here's what I took away from the scene that I was getting at earlier, Justin, is in a very similar way as I think you could take Jabatha Endgame from the last episode. This scene to me said... In as much as anything is Endgame, Barchi is Endgame. Like ah, that, don't say things like no, that. Why you I just pissed off so many people by saying of, that? But that's the implication of the scene. Like obviously no, they yeah, don't end up the together. That's not the implication. They don't end up together, so that they're not Endgame. But that's it is emotional <laughs> Endgame. It is emotional yeah. Endgame. Like that is the emotionality here that is being put forward. They're taking it realistically, and like Justin has been don't saying, is most of the time you don't shit. end up. With your high school sweetheart, they don't end up together. Betty ends up single. There's another little bit that we'll talk about in a second that maybe goes a little more towards what you want, Pete, that I'll throw out there. But I think that's what we get from the scene is like it is closure for Barchi and it's not closure like, well, it's not endgame in the sense that people have talked about endgame for the past seven seasons. It's endgame in terms of these two people are completely in love and devoted to each other. And that's where we leave them. Couldn't agree more. No. I uh, I like this time. And that's, then... That's, no. uh, putting, you're putting a lot on something there. But, but Pete, why, why can't... You'd rather that there's no endgame for any of these people? There <laughs> is no endgame. That's what this episode was about. The four of them <laughs> traded partners for a while. Everybody got a little fun. And then they all went their separate ways and had separate lives. That's what And that what makes you happened. happy. You're saying if you can't win with Bughead, then no one can be happy. That's... Yeah, you're goddamn right. That's kind of what they did. Like, they moved all the pieces into the final configuration and then tossed the board. They were yeah. like, listen, everybody it's goes the Pete to ending. <laughs> How Pete can you say that. he Pete went to California that. and then had a whole family? Yeah, that had nothing to do with Betty. Right, but we don't see that. I'm talking right. about in terms of the show, what we see in terms of these characters that we followed all along, that's where we end up. Even if you want you to take, like... You can't say they had a nice moment and that's the end game. That's That's just not... I'm saying if you want to take it that way, you can take it that way. Yeah. I'm not saying that's definitively what it is because it's open. It is. You can take your own. Like, I'm sure you could point to something that happened in this episode that goes to Bughead as endgame. I mean, I don't know what it is because I don't think there was anything, but I'm sure you could come up with something. Pete? Okay, should we get into what at least I think that thing is? Because we're yes. getting rapidly to that point. So Betty realizes she needs to see one more person, which is Pop's grave. We've talked about this. Uh, oh, Pop- sorry. Um, real quick. Archie was pecked to death by a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Don't usually see bears with beaks, but I'll take it. They it's have true. them out there in California. Uh, and we find out, as we mentioned earlier, Pop is in hell making burgers and shakes for teenagers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great stuff. So I love going it. to... I, I, yeah, I, I would, I didn't want her. I like, I, I was like, she's like one more stop. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Is this really going to happen? But I did think that pops, uh, that was a really Wait, nice. What did you think it was going to be? A grave that said Bughead? Yeah, something <laughs> that has to do with Jughead. And she was like, before I, I, I go, I too. just have to talk out with Jughead about what our big blow up and just kind of clear the air a little bit so mm-hmm. people can get out with their lives. But uh, the I was very happily surprised with how emotional the going to Pop's grave was. And the it was nice to see Pops get some love at the end. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he deserves it. Especially because he was born in 1881. <laughs> Did you see that? I was yeah. like, yo. Yeah. Do you that's... think, that said, he died pretty quickly after the timeline we're watching. Do you think he couldn't live without fangs? Is that what happened? 
Yeah. Yes, exactly. Four I weeks. Guess reverse, he heard the news. Reverse. Never mind. He heard the Fangs that. news and was uh, yeah. immediately perished. He got he got pecked to death by a chick. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, we we already covered that. Oh, we are okay, we already covered that. No, we uh, already but covered that. then we get a conversation, we find out how Jughead died. We got a little hint of it earlier, but Jughead died in eighty four. Uh, unlike my theory that he created Archie Comics, he actually created Jughead's Madhouse magazine. Mad magazine. Yep, there you go. It seems to be an amalgamation of Mad Magazine and Archie Comics a little bit. It says mostly kids it's and fun. teens read it. Uh, and then we also find out about Betty, that she, after her book became a bestseller, she made an advice column, then created a magazine called Cheech Says that the, was the go-to source for hard truths. She never got married. She adopted a little girl named Carla, uh, who had Alice, who we met earlier, and she says, that's my true legacy, my family. Um you were going to say something, Justin, it looked like. Um, do you think that the Jughead sideburns when he's working at Madhouse were a shout out to you, Alex? Absolutely. Famously sideburned? 100%. Yes. I think in the same way that you called the TV watching thing a couple of seasons back, I started having sideburns to influence Jughead. Um, nice. I like that ending for him. I thought that was great. Even yeah, though, it was uh, good. It was appropriate and fun. It and then how about Betty? Nice if maybe okay. they... They had like a little bit of a discussion about their relationship. You know what I mean? They did. They followed yeah. it up. I saved that for when we were done talking about their endings because they immediately followed this up with a any regrets about not getting circled. And it cuts to Jughead. Angel Jughead is looking directly at Betty and says, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Take it it does. It, it, yeah. And that's why I was like, please give me more. Please, please say something. Um, but yeah, I did like the sometimes moment. I thought it was a nice little. Um, it was nice. I think it fit their relationship because like was Bughead a thing? Sometimes it was. No, it was a thing, you fucker. <laughs> Don't say sometimes. I'm sorry. I've got to get all these asshole. in. I got to get these just, in. <laughs> the look on your face after you said that you're like. What's I got to get these in. This is the last what's chance he, to really roast do? you on this. Like Archie, I'm a confident poet when it comes to <laughs> Bughead Rose. <laughs> confident poet. How, really, how about, uh, how yeah, about Betty's shag haircut as she's running She that Says Magazine? That was a wild I was like, day. I was like, who is that? <laughs> oh, it's Lily Reinhardt. Okay. It looks so different. Um, but... I like this. I do agree. The whole, the whole, I, I thought there was space and I thought they maybe were going to nod to it a little bit more. And this is a, a little, a little treat for you, Pete. I thought the point was maybe they're both in New York. Maybe they did get together a little bit. I thought they could have left that door open a little bit more um, because they, you know, why not? They, they never, neither of them married. It felt like it was right there on the table and they didn't do it. I don't yeah, know. I, I kind of, I'm sure Bughead fans did not at all, but I liked the subtlety of that moment. Like you're saying, I think it left open to extrapolation of exactly what went on there, whether it was Jughead in some sense carrying a torch for Betty a little bit or thinking, what if we had stayed together or gotten back together? Betty clearly did not, I think, at that moment. But I just, I, I don't know. You know, we got I, I to hear it. about, you know, all these people's, you know, these throwaway lines of like, oh, they died in Vietnam or they did this and that. And, you know, like, give me a little something of like, hey, we were both in New York. We had some fun together and whatever. Just something. <laughs> That'd be enough for you that they. Well, like, if, if you got two people living in New York who have a ton of history together. You guys didn't have lunch or anything like nothing. You, you happened. wanted to you see know them what? have lunch? I don't, <laughs> give me fucking something. 
I will say, Fee, on your side, I agree with you. If they had said, like, I really enjoyed our yearly coffees yeah, or something like or that. Or just, like, the fact that we could, yeah. You and know? when but we solved that they murder, didn't that serial touch. killer of murder. Yes! Hey, did you, you know, like, Pete, there was though, so much watch, crime in New York, we really, you know. In the extended take, there's 67 years of them having lunch together. You should really uh, check it out. They kind of love it. The different, the different Ma- soups they have. You're going to love it. Pete. Oh, my God. They're going to be like, hey, remember when we created NYPD Blue? You know, like. <laughs> what? That's that is a weird swerve <laughs> and a weird dream. In the continuity of Riverdale, they were Steven Bochco. That's right. Great. And Pete's greatest <laughs> way of showing affection is creating a gritty cop show together. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> NYPD Blue is Endgame, as Pete always says. And I should say, um, Betty and Jughead were pecked to death by each other. <laughs> uh, then we get another thing that, again, I believe was cut out of the broadcast version where old Betty drives into Riverdale and proceeds to do good might mood for all the sets of Riverdale. Yeah. I was like, if there's one thing you could have cut out of this, it's good night house they we, shot, we <laughs> no, saw like we saw like in. nine shots of uh cheryl's house i was like I, okay i didn't i didn't want it to end i didn't mind the fact that we're taking a little bit longer just to kind of acknowledge even set pieces or whatever i was like yeah yeah like i'm not ready to go yet what did you think about one of the most important characters in this episode um young alice's boyfriend <laughs> husband maybe Possibly. I thought it was boyfriend, but I don't know. But partner, I, know. I guess. What was his name real quick? Just real quick, Justin. What was his name? Um, his name was Betty's corpse driver, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why he was there other than to be like, I think she's dead. I guess to put. I don't think she's sleeping. To put, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, a doctor boyfriend over here. I think it was to put Betty in the back seat so she could die not in the passenger seat. <laughs> I mean, for real. I, I guess so. I'm not quite. 100% I mean, what's sure the least that? creepiest way to have someone die in the car? I mean, they were like, oh, let's put a little pillow there. That way it'll seem comfortable. I mean, the d- idea that um, Alice is like, oh, she's sleeping. And he's like, yeah, lady's dead. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Awkward ride back to the city. I gotta oh, say. my God. Yeah, they got a long ride back with a dead lady. Yeah, do we have to like bury her? What should we do, Alice? We should strap her to the roof like in that movie. Yeah. (laughs) One last movie reference for this show. Uh, But then we get, uh, yeah, so old Betty dies. Young Betty gets out of the car at Pops. Strong ponytail. Strong ponytail. I think that was one of the uh, outfits she wore in the first episode as well. I could Mm. be wrong about that, even though it was 1950s stuff. And Jason is there. Jason Blossom is holding the door. He's working at Pops. We get one last return to him. Welcome, sir, to the suite hereafter. Everybody has been waiting for her. They all died before her, as we know. So they've all been waiting. They got a strawberry shake waiting for her. And then we get one final speech. From this angel jughead as he looks out at everybody. I wrote down the entire speech. I can read it right now. We'll leave them there, I think, where they're forever juniors, forever 17, always grabbing a burger or a shake, always going to or coming from some dance, talking about school, the big game, who's dating who, homework, whatever movies playing at the Babylonium. You know, the moments that make up a life. It's where they've, where we've always been, in this diner, in this town, in the suite hereafter. So if you happen to see that neon sign some lonely night at the end of the long journey, that journey that every one of us is on, pull over, come on in, take a seat, and know that you'll always be among friends, and that Riverdale will always be your home. Until then, have a good night. Great sign-off. 
And yeah. it makes it makes a sense now. Anytime I see a diner, I'm going to pull and I, run inside and say, say well, "Are my favorite teens in here? <laughs> hey, friends, <laughs> it's me, <laughs> Please tell me I'm dead. Pop, make me <laughs> all the burgers. This world is nothing but pain. I really like this last speech. I thought it was good. I like we talked about. I think it brought together the themes of the season. Maybe not necessarily the entire show. Like thinking back to Jughead's opening narration from season one, I don't think it was like closure to that necessarily. But still, a sweet, sad sentiment that leaves us thinking about our lives and their impact on other people. I don't know. That's uh, that's what entertainment and TV is for, guys. Yeah, I think it's, I agree. it's really about somebody driving by a sign and then keeling over right inside of a diner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really and just... important to note, she was the one non-bird death. <laughs> that's true. And that's yeah. important. Yeah. It tells what you, you didn't see is below the shot. There was a poisonous bird that got her. That a nobody poisonous, a poisonous bird. bird. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> well, a poison on its beak and just... Yeah. Poison on his beak? Wow. <laughs> That's the show I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until then, have a good night and watch out for poison-beaked birds. <laughs> Bye, Riverdale. Ha-cha-cha. Uh, so there you go. Macau. That's Riverdale. All done with that. Would you guys, any, any final thoughts before we wrap up with the show forever? Or should we keep I guess talking I just, for the 35-hour cut? The big note I have here is I feel like I'm dying. Yeah. Is that normal? <laughs> Is when that normal? The, when it was over, it was kind of a sad feeling of like, oh my god! This you mean it. a giant it's... hole in your heart and television schedule? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just kind of like, well, I guess I I live now. I guess I just move on. I find yeah. another show to obsess over. I don't know what yeah, happened. You can do the Truman Show thing of wow. Let's find out what else is on, and then you click into oh. the next thing. Ooh, nice. There That's go. good. Uh, speaking of which, we should probably mention what's next for us as a podcast. This is the last yeah. official recap episode. So a couple of things there. First of all, I'm sure you all have thoughts, angry reactions, I'm sure, about a lot of things like we talked about, complaints, theories, etc. There's a lot of gaps and questions in there, and we want to hear from you. We want to do another episode, a mailbag episode from all of you, getting your thoughts on the episode that we'll real, uh, roll out. We'll have had a week probably at that point to really think about our feelings and process them. So we'll throw in some of that stuff as well. So we'll do one last wrap up episode of this podcast. In the meantime, I will plug that we have a ton of other podcasts that we do. We do a weekly comic book talk show podcast where we're happy to talk about Riverdale Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Of the Comic Book Club YouTube and Facebook pages. We also do a lot of other TV recap podcasts. We do a Marvel show called Marvel Vision, a DC show called Sons of a Gun. You can check out everything at comicbookclublive.com. Um, so that's a little plug portion, but we should, before we wrap up here, who was the MVP? Well, from- I just want to just, oh, yeah. why we're, why we're, I just want to say if you did uh, listen to all of our rantings, just say thank you for being on this journey with us. It was super awesome to get Wait, to you're it. saying thank you. I yeah, thought you said just, just say thank you to us. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, there's been, been for a second. Go ahead, Pete. No, I mean, there's been some really nice people who've reached out on Twitter and different stuff yeah. that's like, it's was a cool bonding thing. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank everybody who rolled with us. If you hated us now, I'm sorry, but thanks for listening anyway. And we really appreciate it. Yeah, I, 100%. I, this, is, uh, this is such a blast to do every week. And I feel like we're going to end up being like, let's just throw together a little Riverdale episode in like a year. It's like, why mm-hmm. are we doing that? Because we want to. 
Yeah. We love talking about the show. And like Pete said, we have loved talking to all of you about the show. Like we said, we're going to do it at least one more time. We're going to do the wrap up episode next week. But before we wrap up here, who was the MVP for Riverdale? Pete, take it away. You got to go with Betty. Series. You got to go with Betty on that just because, uh, you know, she got we got to see her die. In the car. <laughs> no, I think uh, that's the way the rules are. MVPs that, die. die Whoever dies last wins. It was it was yeah, it's the fun. most uh, virile person, I believe, the MVP, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. She was like, I outlasted all of these fuckers. She's like yeah, the Highlander just, of Riverdale. I think, you know, seeing it one last time through her eyes before she killed over in the parking lot of Pops uh, was a nice idea and a great way to do it. And I think uh, a smart choice. So I give it to the old Betty. Um, I would also say Betty. I think the show really um, over the course of it. You know, it was an ensemble, most of all, I think. But Archie was the focus at times. Jughead was the focus at times. Veronica, a little bit less so, was the focus. Cheryl was the focus at times. But Betty is the Archie of the show, uh, is my takeaway. She's the center of the show. And that's awesome. I think I've loved her journey that she's gone on. She had has has had the most happen to her, I think, from the where we don't know what's happening in the darker Betty moments from like uh, the last couple seasons to this season where we really got to ride along with her on a journey from being like an innocent to like discovering who she is and the power that she has as a person. Uh, it was amazing. And I guess I'll also shout out Dilton Doily because who the f- fuck else will? You know? Oh, that's nice. And now, Salvin, if you don't say chick, a lot of people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we yeah. should mention this was also in the deleted scenes. Uh, Dylan Doyle was crushed to death by his massive hog. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was pegged to death by his massive hog. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, before, I, before I say who my MVP is, this is just while we're getting nostalgic about everything. I just legitimately wanted to give a shout out to the entire cast who has been. Yeah. It's yes. a, this is a really amazing cast of actors really who have been up for anything and everything. The wildest show on television. They have done such an incredible job, done such crazy things and emotional things that run the gamut, sometimes in the same scene, which is a really hard job. And they've worked clearly really, really hard at it. Also, shout out to the writers and directors and the insanely talented behind the scenes folks. You know, we've talked to some of them, but like from the set decorators to the makeup artists to the costume people to the people doing even Betty's ridiculous wig in this last scene here. But all of that stuff, they've put so much care and love into this. You know, this is, there was a great Vulture interview that went up before the finale where the cast was talking about being like the internet's punching bag for the past couple of years. And I think that really devalues you've used this phrase a lot, Justin, but the movie level work that people do on this show There are scenes, even in this last episode, that are gorgeous, like gorgeously shot that I would love to see in any movie. And they would get a shout out if they were in any movie. So and the paintings, too. Exactly. And the paintings. Uh, Everything has been really awesome to see. uh, And it has been lovely to talk about it. But at the end of the day, I got to give it up for Cheryl. Cheryl Blossom (laughs) is the standout of the show for me. I've loved all of the cast. They've been amazing. But Cheryl Blossom has been this iconic character who has been hilarious and insane to watch over seven seasons. Uh, taken on the most bonkers storylines possible. And it has been an absolute delight. So there you go. 
That is it for our last official recap episode of Riverdale After Dark. Like we said, if you'd like to support the show and all the shows we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. We do the live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. Apple, Spotify, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next week, we'll see you after dark. Well, I still get the chance to roast Pete about Bughead? Sometimes. (laughs) 